All right, guys. Uh, we have had quite the roller coaster last couple days here. Um, as far as the Auburn coaching search, obviously Gus Malzahn was fired on Sunday. Um, a lot has really happened since then, including early signing day, and I was really going to wait until after a hire was made to drop a new episode, but um, considering everything that went on, I, I kind of wanted to get on here and clear some things up and hopefully provide a little backstory for you and some information that will help you understand kind of what's going on here. So first of all, I want to kind of preface this entire episode by saying that I do believe Auburn did the right thing by letting Gus Malzahn go. I've talked about this in multiple podcasts. I talked about this in the last episode before his firing. I stand by what I said, and I knew this was coming. So regardless of the situation that ensued following his firing, Auburn was not making a return on their investment with Gus Malzahn. So again, that decision, I fully support, and I will support that decision no matter what happens next. Now, as far as what's been happening over the last few days, I will say this uh, first and foremost, um, I'm, I'm an Auburn grad. Okay, I've worked in Alabama politics for four years. I was appointed by two separate governors of the state of Alabama, one of which was an Alabama grad. The other was an Auburn grad. I worked for 12 different senators in the state Senate from universities across Alabama, and I had a short stint working in the office of the secretary of state as well. So when I talk about my sources that give me information in confidence. Um, I, I'm not just yanking your chain. I'm, I'm not going to give up names, obviously, but look, you know football and politics in the state of Alabama, they go hand in hand. Hell, a former Auburn coach is a U.S. senator right now. So if you want to stop listening to this podcast right now because you don't believe what I'm going to tell you, then go ahead. Um, but just know that you're going to have to trust my word, that this information is factual and it's coming from people who I do trust. That being said, Auburn University is a public university. It's funded partially by grants from the state, from the federal government. Auburn's board of trustees are selected by a committee made up of you guessed it, Alabama politicians, prominent people close to the program and the university. Those board of trustee appointments are then confirmed by, yep, the Alabama State Senate. Uh, for instance, the, the governor uh, who I was appointed by is one of, I, I believe it's eight trustees. Um, so for those who don't know what trustees are, let me explain that first. They essentially give advice and they confirm big financial decisions at the university, Um they're kind of the the supposed to be the steady hand behind all the decisions saying, okay, we can afford that or nah, we might not want to do that because it's too expensive. Well, they're supposed to be the trusted individuals who should ultimately make the right call in the best interest of the university. That's why they're called trustees. Um, so that's what a trustee does. Now, a donor, that is someone who has a ton of money who moves mountains with that money. They get things done financially because they're the ones that uh that 
have the capability to uh, make moves that would cost the university um, more than they'd like to uh, spend. So those people who move those mountains, okay, they also like to sit on top of these mountains. So they want to have a hand in the decisions, as they should. I mean, it is their money, and if they're going to use their money in that process, they should have some say as to what goes on. Now, that's all fine and dandy, and it generally works this way at most universities. The problem here at Auburn, it runs much deeper, okay? As I said before, I'm going to try and refrain from using names. I think it'd be in bad taste for me to do that, but based on what I'm saying, I think you can infer who I'm talking about. It just takes a quick Google search, and uh, you should be able to figure it out. So, I'll start with Auburn's donors. Auburn has three main donors. Now, Auburn has a ton of donors. There's probably thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of donors, but three of them have the most money uh, by a lot, and it's not even close. Um, One of Auburn's big three donors is also a board of trustee member currently. So when Malzahn was given that ludicrous contract uh, with that crazy buyout back in 2017, these three are the ones that generally made it happen. Albeit it was a knee-jerk reaction uh, to reports that Arkansas was trying to hire Gus away after he had just beaten two number one teams. Um, but what happened in this situation, and I don't want to get too deep into it, that's a whole other story for another time, but um, Gus Malzahn's agent, Jimmy Sexton, who he's renowned in the uh, college football world, Everybody knows who he is as as far as an agent for high-level coaches. He used the Arkansas offer and the job opening as leverage to solidify this contract. And and he did his job. He did exactly what he was hired to do. I I don't blame him whatsoever. Um, But Auburn was played like a PlayStation and signed that deal. And, And... the AD at the time and, and President Stephen Leith, they, they were backed into a corner. Obviously, most of you know that President Leith is no longer at Auburn. Uh, Jay Gouge, who was the president before President Leith, has kind of taken over as an interim president, but he's kind of turning into just the president because it seems like Auburn can't find the president to uh, really get the job done. Anyways, so now, every year after that contract was signed, Auburn started not to perform. You know, we had the 2018 season, which was not great. The 2019 season, which was not great. I mean, we ended up beating Alabama, but you could tell that things were not going in the right direction. Anyways, uh, so there were there were several large donors, including the big three, that wanted Gus gone after, uh, I think it was really 2018, 18 was was kind of when a lot of talks started happening. Um, two in particular wanted Kevin Steele to be the replacement as early as 2018. So that all kind of died down for a while and until this season when Auburn went out to uh, South Carolina and lost um, to a team that later fired its head coach. And, and things just kind of seemed stale as far as recruiting um, you could really see the product on the field was falling behind its rivals, and that was quite apparent. I, I've talked about this in previous podcasts as well, especially in the last one when I was making my case for uh, letting Malzahn go. But like I said then, and I'll say now, you could tell 
when Auburn played Georgia, when Auburn played Alabama, you knew they were not winning that game from the first snap. And that's just, again, that that's a hard spot to be in as a program. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be at a point where you're not even competitive in the big games. I understand you can say, oh, well, you know, Alabama's this dynasty team and, and they're, they're doing things that nobody will ever do again in college football. So I, I get all that. But to not even be competitive, that that's not the standard to which we should hold Auburn um, at all. And I think, again, this goes back to what I was saying about Malzahn, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but um, that product on the field was not, uh, that was not up to par for us. So Auburn's big three decided they would pony up the money if they could get Alan Green to pull the trigger and fire Gus, and uh, that's exactly what happened. Um. What I'm saying is that this essentially wasn't Allen's decision. He was acting on behalf of those donors. I mean, Auburn, we didn't, we don't have the money to just pay somebody 21 million to leave. I mean, that would be a stupid financial decision. However, if somebody said, "Well, hey, I'm going to give you this money for free if you do it," you know, I'll pay for it. I'll reimburse the university. Okay, that's that's one thing. Now, you'd think. If Auburn was going to pony up that kind of money, regardless of where it came from, and pay the buyout of a coach who really wasn't having losing seasons, then then they'd have a plan. They'd have some sort of splash hire. They'd have some big name that they had in their pocket that they were going to pull out and say, "Boom, recruits, look at this. This, you know, Auburn's about to be put back on the map." Well, they had a plan. Uh, they had a plan that no one ever knew about uh, until today when the cat was really let out of the bag. And uh, <laughs> I'm told this plan was in the works for a while. And uh, like I said, it just came out today, uh, the public knowledge of it. Um, and, and, and and apparently Malzahn knew what was kind of going on behind his back with Kevin Steele. Steele was rubbing elbows with all the right people at Auburn. Uh, Gus knew there was this sort of uprising against him, but what could he do? Gus had no friends at Auburn. He wasn't the kind of guy to go rubbing elbows, smoking cigars, and and drinking with the big dogs. He he's an X's and O's guy. He he didn't he didn't like to get out there and talk and kiss babies and do all the things that Bruce Pearl does, for instance. It's it's just not his way. Bruce Pearl understands the dynamics of things at Auburn. Gus never really learned the dynamics of Auburn, and uh, unfortunately, he learned the hard way uh, this past week. So I'm told uh, through one of my sources that Alan Green and President Gouge didn't really have much knowledge of exactly what the power brokers wanted to do, um, but that with the uh, lacking fan support of Malzahn and sort of the shaky uh, trajectory in in recruiting, that they would make the move if they could get the money. Um, Well, they got the money. but then that means that the AD would be beholden to their will. And it's one of those things in politics, and and if you follow politics and you understand how things in D.C. work, how things on a state level work, even to some extent on a local level, it's an unspoken agreement. Kind of like how lobbyists donate massive amounts of money to campaigns, and, and they get bills passed in their favor. But, of course, it'd be illegal to give that money with a direct tie to a policy change it's like that. It, it, it's an unspoken understanding. So 
Allen got the money and then learned about the desire to promote steel. But at this point, what was he supposed to do? He, he was beholden to their will because they were the ones who ponied up the money. So to stall the process, Allen and President Gouge decided to form a search committee to buy time. Well, the time they bought was long enough for a report to leak to the public that Steele was the replacement, and no other coaches were even really being considered. Any other coach's name that was thrown out there was more just kind of, you know, just a uh, 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 a taste here and there. I mean, it wasn't, it, nothing was ever really considered past Kevin Steele. So Allen and others began a legitimate coaching search. And, you know, when, that's kind of when this, the Stop Steele uh, campaign began trending nationally on Twitter. And I must say, to get something trending nationally on Twitter, um, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. So, According to Josh Moon, who's a political reporter for AL.com, he mainly focuses on politics and really everything Alabama, but again, and I'll say again and again and again, politics and football in the state of Alabama, they go hand in hand. Um, he reported that the movement, the Stop Steel movement, blew up this entire plan to replace Malzahn with Kevin Steele. Auburn then began talks with Mario Cristobal, the obvious choice, the the, the elite recruiter, uh, the former Saban assistant. He, he knows how Saban operates. He knows that program. He knows how to beat that program in recruiting and on the field. But at that time, it was nearly too late because he was already in talks with Oregon on a contract extension. And uh, apparently, according to someone close to the situation, Auburn actually did make a soft offer to Cristobal that was essentially matched by Oregon. So Auburn, had they pulled the trigger earlier and had a solid plan in place to go after Crystal Ball, I I don't know this, but I bet they would have got him. But by the time all of this happened, it was far too late. Um, they were battling two fronts. You know, they were battling the the money donors. They were battling the fans. They, I mean, it was there was too much going on, and and I mean, I don't blame Crystal Ball for looking at this situation and saying, <laughs> I'm not going there. Uh, so anyways, Cristobal ended up agreeing to the extension with Oregon, and here we are. Um, I was on the uh, University of Oregon Board of Trustees meeting uh, call today. I was one of 250 people on that call. Um, I think, uh, you know, th- their board of trustees did exactly what they they were supposed to do. It was quick. The meeting lasted about 10 minutes. They made sure they had the money, and then they presented the contract to Cristobal, which was probably agreed upon before the Board of Trustees meeting. That was more of a formality. Um, And that was that. And and Cristobal, I I don't know that he's actually signed the contract yet, but regardless, he's agreed to it. He's come out publicly and said he's staying at Oregon, and so I think it's a done deal. So... I'm not entirely sure where things stand, um, but as of, what time is it? About 6 o'clock on Thursday night, it it doesn't look like Steele is going to get the job at Auburn, thanks to the outcry from the Auburn fan base across the United States. And I think we all realize that when the information came out about Kevin Steele um, being the the decision um, to be the replacement for Malzahn, we all realize that, that that would just be a massive disaster. If Auburn were to do that, if they were to fire a a coach with a winning record, um, he never had a losing season. If they were to fire him only to promote his 62-year-old defensive coordinator, 
I mean, the optics of that are, are they're, they're just terrible. They're terrible. There's no other way to put it. Um, in terms of recruiting, it's terrible. And, and I've said time and time again, recruiting is the lifeblood of a program. Without elite recruiting, you cannot compete with other elite programs. It's simple. It is so simple. The national media and the pundits, they would have bashed Auburn all offseason and... If Auburn had made this move, it it just it would have been disastrous for the program. It would have set us back. And as I've said before, and I'll say again and again and again and again, recruiting is everything. Um, so that decision could have set Auburn back as much as a decade. Um, so all this to say, and Steele may end up, you know, he might end up being the guy. I don't know, but from everything that that I've heard. Um, through the grapevine, Alan Green and President Gouge, they, they stood up to the good old boys and um, yellow fella and decided to start a real search. And and Auburn lost out on Mario Cristobal, who, who would have been an absolute slam dunk hire. I am thoroughly convinced of that. Uh, he's already recruiting with the likes of Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. But, but again, that ship has sailed and Auburn uh, needs to look elsewhere now. So... Some of the names I've heard, uh, Neil Brown, one of my personal favorites. I think he's a young and up-and-coming coach. He only has the one this one year of experience coaching at a, at a major Power 5 program. But I, I again, I, I think if we took a flyer on him, I, I think we would get a return on our investment. Um, another name, Billy Napier. Eh, in my opinion, that's kind of a boring hire. I, I don't like the idea of hiring a coach from a small-time program. Um or the other name that's really been floating around the Auburn Twitterverse is uh, Lane Kiffin, who I have serious doubts that he's going to leave Ole Miss after one season, especially with the recruiting class he's bringing in. But um, the, the guy is revolutionizing recruiting using social media. He's hilarious. He, he I mean, young people love him. They relate to him. And, and those are the kind of people you need Um Recruiting. You, those are the kind of people you need out on the road. Those are the people you need in a player's living room, talking to their mom, talking to their dad, talking to you know. Ultimately, the decision is the kid's decision, and and if you can relate to them on on that level, I think you're you're more poised to to get them to come to your school. Um, another name to keep an eye on, and, and this one's really interesting to me. I'm not really sure how I feel about it, but I think uh, Tony Elliott at Clemson, offensive coordinator. I'm sure he's going to get an interview if he wants it, uh, but his lack of experience as a head coach, it's, it's a little concerning. I don't know if if that would really be a splash hire. Um, I think it would be a good hire, but I don't know. I really That's one I don't know how that would go over um, just because he hasn't been a head coach, so, so I'm not really sure. Um, I don't want to get too deep into the candidates, you know, because right now— um, the situation's raw. Sorry, that was my phone, of course, Auburn ringtone. Um, the situation's raw. The steel plan was blown up really yesterday and today, and the true search is actually just beginning. So no one really knows right now who who, who is targeted. Um, Hugh Freeze, I think he's off the table. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw, but um, Clay Travis of OutKick put this... Uh, this little clip out on his Twitter talking about how Auburn would be crazy to hire Steele, and some Auburn fan uh, commented on that and said, well, we don't want Freeze. They, they were talking about Freeze in there, and, and then Hugh Freeze actually got on there and, and tweeted back at that Auburn fan and said, good, 
and then he deleted the tweet. And it was actually him. I saw it when, when it was up. Um, very interesting. Uh, also, keep in mind, he and Gus Malzahn are buddy-buddy, are so it's one of those situations. But um, what I do want to say is this, and, and, if, and if you really didn't take much away from this, this podcast, I, I, I want you to take this away. And I think I can speak for a lot of people here. Um, I'm not just an Auburn football fan. I'm not just an Auburn basketball fan. Um, I'm not just an Auburn sports fan. I'm an Auburn University fan. I think we all have a lot of pride about Auburn. Um, And I'm happy to know that we can change what we want changed through public outcry. The Stop Steal campaign was nothing short of a miracle. Um, I've only seen this happen once before, and that was like when Tennessee tried to hire Greg Schiano, and their fans single-handedly reversed that hire. Um, but the actions that have been taking place around the program for a long time now, this is not new, um, but the actions that have been taking place and the, and the power to make decade-impacting l- decisions in the hands of a few moneybaggers, that's not only despicable, but it's not fair to a fan base as loyal as the Auburn people. And most of us have, have paid our dues. We've given back to the university that's given so much to us. And we will not stand by while three people who have zero knowledge of the sport pick our next head coach based on how buddy buddy they are with each other. That's not right. And I'm glad Auburn people stood up to that. Um, I love Auburn, and Auburn will be a massive part of my life until the day I die. And I want what's best for Auburn. But this needs to stop. The athletic director needs to be allowed to do his job instead of being someone's puppet. The power is in the hands of the people. The people that buy the tickets. The people that buy the merchandise. The, the Auburn faithful. And it's beyond time that we've stood up and let our voices be heard for once. And in the era of social media, everybody has a voice now. And I'm proud. I'm proud of the Auburn family and everyone who who started this Stop Steal campaign to stand up and say that's not what we want. That's not what we want at Auburn. So everyone... Just strap in for the next few days. This situation continues to unfold. Um, I do believe that we will have some sort of answer by hopefully the end of the weekend. Uh, it's possible we don't, but I'm pretty confident that that things are, are moving in one direction. I'll, I'll put out another podcast if we don't have an answer by the end of the weekend. Um, but I expect... Auburn to kind of look at the Neil Browns, the the uh, Steve Sarkeesians, possibly the Tony Elliotts, and you know possibly Lane Kiffin. Um, but at the end of the day, whatever happens, whatever happens, whoever the next coach is, I'm going to support them. I'm going to support the football program. On a, I'm going to support the university, and I will love Auburn just as much as I do now. War damn eagle. <laughs>